everyone. Thanks for checking out this podcast. I hope today's conversation inspires you and builds your faith for the moment you are in right now. Know that God's love for you truly changes everything. Enjoy the message. Oh, well, it is so good to see you, everybody here in the room and everybody joining us online. And, uh, and obviously, with the, the, the rising numbers and the issues in, uh, in Moncton, we know that uh, you know, this is not kind of like the, the big crowds that we're used to, and, but I bet that you have enough energy to make up for 50 or 30 or 20 or however many times uh, we have in the room. And so I want to ask everybody here in the room, and even those of you who are on the, your line, maybe you're on the couch right now and, and, uh, and you're just sitting back, I want you to lean forward in your seat and get ready to answer this question. Voici la question. Est-ce que vous êtes prêts? Here's the question. Are you ready to study God's Word today? Come on. The light for our paths, the foundation for our lives, the truth of his word. And when you came in the room today, uh, you were given one of these little yellow cards. And so what I want to ask you to do right now, if you did not happen, if you slipped by and didn't happen to get one of these yellow cards when you came in, if you would hold up your hand really high, we've got people up in the balcony and down here on the floor who will be glad to bring one to you. So just hold up your hand. Look at that. I think, man, you guys are amazing. I think just about everybody ended up getting one on the way in. So here's what we need to do as well. If you're at home, you need to get a little slip of paper and something that you can write on later near the end of the service because I'm telling you, you're going to want to do this. So if you're at home right now, online or wherever you are, grab something to write on and a pen or a pencil and then also make sure if you're at home that you go ahead right now and grab some communion elements, whether it's a piece of bread or a cracker and some juice or water, whatever you have available, because at the end of the service today, you're going to want something to write on and also some elements for communion, okay? So today we are in Matthew chapter 6. In week three of this series called Not Done Yet, as long as you're still breathing, God has a purpose for your life. But one of the things that sometimes derails God's purpose in our lives is worry, anxiety, stress, uh, there were two business executives who were meeting for lunch, and the one executive asked the other, so how are you doing? And his buddy said, great, never been better. He says, all my ulcers are gone, and I don't have a care in the world. And his friend asked, well, really, how did that happen? And the guy says, well, the doctor told me that my ulcers were, were caused by all the worrying and stress in my life. And he said, so here's what I did. I hired somebody to work for me. I hired a professional worrier. So whenever something goes wrong and I get stressed out, I just turn it over to him and he does all the worrying for me. And his friend said, well, that's amazing. I'd love to hire somebody like that. How much does it cost? And stretching back, he said, well, the professional worrier is pretty expensive. It does cost me about $100,000 a year. And his friend said, what, $100,000 a year? How can you afford that? And he says, oh, I don't know. I let him worry about that for me. 
How many of you'd love to have somebody like that in your life right now? Wouldn't that be amazing? Well, listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 6, beginning in verse 25. Jesus said, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is life not more important than food? And the body more important than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, and yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, as we study the words of Jesus today, here in Matthew 6, Lord, we just invite you to bring hope and courage into our lives. Lord, we give you permission today. Lord, we give you permission to speak into the the worries and, and stress and anxiety that we carry especially in these crazy days that none of us would have ever imagined. Speak to us, Lord, and bring freedom and hope. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody say, amen. Here in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus points to three problems of worry. In fact, uh, Mark Axelrod, who I'm going to mention later, calls these the three uns of worry. And in the first one, Jesus says that worrying is unreasonable. Worry is unreasonable. Look back at verse 25. Jesus asks, is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? In other words, God did not just bring you into this world to leave you hanging. And then Jesus gives two examples of why worry is unreasonable. In verse 26, he says, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns. So they do work. Yes, they work for their food, but God makes sure that they find what they need. And then in verse 28, Jesus says, Look at the lilies of the field. Look at how colorful they are. Look at how how pretty they are. Jesus says flowers are indisputable evidence that God knows how to take care of his creation. How many of you have a dog at home? 
How many of you have a dog at home? Yeah. Now, I just want to ask you, does your dog at home, now maybe sometimes they're not happy that you're gone and you leave them, you know, in a crate or something and they they want you to be back home. But does your dog sit around and and, and rub his paws and say, ooh, I wonder what's going to happen tomorrow? Does your dog say, I'm just so worried about next year. Where am I ever going to find my kibbles and bits? Wait, wait, do, do, do plants worry? Do, 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 do trees worry? See, the only thing in all of God's creation that worries is, is us. And think about how silly that is. That we're the ones that God cares about the most, and yet we are the ones who trust Him the least. And imagine if we were to take all of that that energy and and put it into something positive and productive in the world. But the problem is that worry is, number two, it's unproductive. Worry is unproductive. Jesus says in verse 27, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Now think back, when is the last time that you actually accomplished anything by worrying? Let's say that you have a house repair. You need to get your deck replaced in the backyard, and so you sit around and, and, and you think about it, and you think about it, and you, and you pray about it, and you worry about it, and then you worry about it some more. And, 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 and I imagine here's what happens. The more you worry about it, the more that gets done. And before you know it, if you can just worry enough about it, you can, you can bring it into fruition, right? If you name it, you can claim it. If you believe it, you can achieve it. And so you just worry your home repairs into existence. Is that how it works? No, worry is unproductive. It's like going to the dentist or, or going to have surgery. Imagine you have a surgery scheduled and, and, and so you, 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 you stay up the night before and, and sure, maybe it might hurt. Maybe you're going to have a difficult recovery. But you stay up the night before, and how much does your worrying help the surgery go better? If, if you stay up all night and worry about it, does that help the doctor do a better job for you? No, it just makes things worse. Listen to this quote from George McDonald. He said, it's not the cares of tomorrow or today, but the cares of tomorrow that weigh a man down. No man has ever sunk under the burden of the day. It's when tomorrow's burden is added to the burden of today that the weight is more than one can bear. That's why Jesus says in verse 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Jesus said each day has enough trouble of its own. And so here's why worry is unproductive. I, I, I think we could say it like this. Worry can't change what happened yesterday. And it can't help what happens tomorrow. All it does is make you miserable today. Isn't that true? Would you say that out loud with me? Here we go. Worry can't change what happened yesterday, and it can't help what happens tomorrow. All it does is make you miserable today. And that's why Jesus asked, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Instead of making things better, it actually makes things worse because it's just stewing without doing And then Jesus steps on our toes a bit with number three, 
In fact, maybe we even get a little, little offended when Jesus insinuates that worrying is kind of unchristian. Worrying is unchristian. What, what do we mean? Look at verse 31 and 32. Jesus said, do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things. Now, what's a pagan? A pagan is someone who lives as if there is no God. And Jesus says that's what we are doing when we, when we worry. We start acting like people out there who don't know God. Jesus says they're the ones who are always worried about money and, and food and social status. They're the ones who are always worried when the price of gas goes up and the, and the stock market goes down. They're the ones who are always worried about wh what everybody else thinks of them. And, and Jesus says, don't you understand, when you truly begin to experience the love of God in your life, that His love changes everything. And all of a sudden, you don't have to think like and act like and worry like the people out in the world. In fact, listen to this quote from Mark Axelrod. He says, worry is atheism in action. It's acting as if there is no God. It's saying, I've got to take matters into my own hands. Now, don't misunderstand. I want to, I want to make sure we, we are careful not to misunderstand this. We are not saying that Christians should not be responsible. We're not saying that Christians shouldn't work hard. We're not saying that Christians shouldn't prepare and make plans because we should. Catch this, but there is a big difference between being purposeful and being worryful. Amen? There's a big difference between being purposeful and being worryful. For example, the Bible speaks out against laziness. The Bible says if a person is not willing to work, then we should not feed them. Number two, we need to be willing to stand up for our faith. We need to be willing to stand up for Jesus, even if it costs us our very lives, because we live our life on purpose. And that's the difference between being filled with purpose and being filled with worry. In fact, a lot of Christians right now are all wrapped up in the book of Revelation because Revelation is so much about what happens in the, in the end times. And sometimes people will get wrapped up in Revelation and miss the point because the more they read, the more fearful they become. But in reality, Revelation was written to give you courage and purpose even as the world comes against you. And so here's the big question. How do you tell the difference between being worryful and being purposeful? What, what, when does just being cautious and, and being responsible and making good preparation spill over into actually a lack of faith and an unchristlike worry? I think it's really simple. Just ask yourself this question. We're going to call this the big question for today. In everything you do, simply ask yourself, am I being motivated by faith or by fear? See, sometimes we can even do the right things with the wrong motivation. Sometimes, sometimes the things that we think we're doing because of faith, we're actually doing because of fear. You know, I, I, when I find myself getting into stress mode and, and anxiety starts to slip into my life, 
Because I'm not immune to this. I'm not, I'm not coming down on you hard as if somehow I'm, I'm the perfect person who, who never struggles with anxiety and worry and stress. Because I do. I do. I do. I do. And when it starts to slip in, when I start to worry about stuff and, oh my goodness, look at what's happening this time. And I can't believe what's going on right now. And I can't believe, I, what in the world are we going to do as a church? And it seems like every week there's a new challenge. And it's just on and on and on and on. And whenever that happens, God begins to speak into my heart and say, Joel, are you going to live by faith or by fear? Do you, do you really believe that I'm in control? Do you really believe that I have a purpose? Do you really believe that I am greater than all of this? And, and I realize that when I get stressed out, more often than not is because I'm trusting in myself rather than trusting in God. And so here's the solution Jesus gives in Matthew chapter 6. So in this amazing teaching, this, this beautiful teaching that Jesus gives where he just really lays out an amazing exposition on the problem of worry in the life of a Christian, but then Jesus actually gives the solution in verse 33. Where we read in verse 33, Jesus said, so here's what we do. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. In other words, put God first, do what he tells you to do, and God will take care of the rest. If you go all the way back to the beginning of the Bible in Genesis, we meet a guy named Abram. Now, if you look at Genesis 12, beginning in verse 1, the Lord had said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. Not the land I'm telling you already, the land that I'm going to show you when the time is right. You want me to show you right now? But he says, Abram, I'm not going to show you yet. I'm not going to show you until I show you when the time is right. And then I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And so God says in Genesis, Abram, I'm going to move you out of your comfort zone and take you to a place where you've never been before. And Abram asks, well, Lord, where am I going? And God says, you'll know when you get there. And, God, and Abram asks, well, Lord, how am I going to get there? And God says, listen, I'll let you know. And Abram says, when I get there, what am I going to do? And God says, I'll take care of it. And Abraham could have said, Lord, Lord, I can't do this until you give me more answers. How am I going to make it financially? How am I going to support my family? What are people going to think of me? Abram could have worried himself right out of doing God's will. But instead it says in Genesis 15, 6, Abram believed the Lord and it was credited to him as righteousness. And so God kept his promise. God blessed Abram and made his name great and made him the father of many nations because God always keeps his promise. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Let's, let's put it on the screen and, and read it out loud together. Are you ready? Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Everyone together read. says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, 
will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, Scripture says we have a problem. And the problem is this. I can't trust God and worry at the same time. Because anytime I worry, it, it, it means I'm probably not trusting God. And, and, and that trust and worry are often mutually exclusive. That I, I can't do both in equal measure at the same time. And so here's what we need to do. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 7 gives us this beautiful direction for what to do with it. 1 Peter 5, verse 6 and 7 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that He may lift you up in due time, in His time. Cast all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. Let, let me talk for just a minute about what the word cast means. One of the problems is I think we read this verse sometimes, and by the way, this is not even in my notes. I didn't even plan on talking about this. This just popped into my mind, so I hope it's from God. I hope. One of, one of, the, one of the things that I think we sometimes do when we cast our anxiety upon the Lord is we act like we're fishing with a rod and a pole. And so we cast it on God, and then we reel it right back in. Am I right? We cast it on God and then we reel it right back in. I'm going to give it to you, God. And then before you know, God turns around and, and, and you've taken it back from him and you're holding on to it. And so what does it actually mean to cast our anxiety upon the Lord? Here's the second thing it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that when you cast all your anxiety upon God, when you cast your worries upon him, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden all of your problems are going to go away. It doesn't mean that. I wish it did, but it doesn't. But here's what it does mean. That when I cast my worry upon God, it means that I recognize that worry just makes things worse. And the only way that God can really work in my life and give me the courage that I need is when I put my trust in Him and when I lean away from fear and into faith. When I lean away from fear and into faith. And so that's what we're going to do today. We are going to cast our anxiety upon him. And so at this point, we're going to go ahead and bring a cross out on to the platform. And we are literally going to cast our anxiety upon him. And so this is the point where if you're here in the room, you want to go ahead and grab that yellow card that we provided for you and maybe grab a pen out of your purse or out of the seat rack in front of you or behind you if you need to reach around to the seat rack behind you. And if you're at home, this is the point where you want to make sure you go ahead and find something to write on and also make sure you have some communion elements ready some bread or a cracker and some juice or whatever you have at home. And in just a few minutes, what I'm going to ask you to do, you don't have to start yet, but I just want you to start thinking. In a few minutes, I want you to make a worries list and write down. It looks kind of like this. A worries list and write down the top two or three worries that come to your mind today. 
Now, if, if you're here in the room, here's what I want to make sure you don't do. Please don't put your name on this because you're going to turn in your homework, okay? And, and this, is, this is designed to be anonymous. It's between you and God. But literally, after we're done with some quiet time making our worries list, we are going to collect these from you and bring them here and lay them at the foot of the cross. See, we're not writing your worries down so that you can cherish them and keep your, keeping them in your back pocket and take them with you wherever you go. We're going to write our worries down so that we can give them to Jesus today. And then, after that, we'll have communion and all kinds of wonderful stuff, and I think God is going to work in a special way in our hearts today. But first, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, in these next few moments of quiet, we invite you to speak to us. Lord, speak to us. Maybe show us things that we didn't even know that we were holding on to that we need to give to you today, Lord. We confess our sin, our selfishness, our short-sightedness. We know that so much of this worry is because we've trusted in ourselves and made life about us rather than about you. And so Lord, we just invite you to speak to us. Give us Holy Spirit revelation today. In the name of Jesus. Let's go ahead and take a few minutes and make your list. Okay, now uh, some of you, you finished the front and you're already working on the back, right? <laughs> Maybe your list is pretty long today. 
But here's what I want you to do next. In just a minute, we're gonna have people come down the rows and collect all those and bring them down front. But before we do, here's what I want you to do before you give this worry to God. I want you to make a declaration over these things in your life. What I want you to do is get your pen or your pencil or whatever you used to write with right now. And in big letters, I want you to write two words, big and bold, all over every part. Maybe you have so many worries on your list, you need to write it three or four times. But in big, bold letters, here's what we're gonna write. Two words, but Jesus, but Jesus. See, whenever Satan, your enemy, your spiritual foe comes and tries to defeat you and discourage you and cause anxiety and stress to, to well up, when, whenever the enemy starts to get you focused more on the world rather than on God's word, whenever your spiritual foe begins to cause you to think that your problem is more powerful than your God, you need to do this you need to stop and say, you know what, some of those things, some of these problems might be very real in my life, but Jesus is enough. Some of these issues might seem to overwhelm people in the world, but Jesus said that I can cast my worries upon him, that he is faithful, that he will walk with me through it. And so right now, we're gonna go ahead and we'll begin. Let's go ahead all around the room and, and as they come down the row, they're going to collect your worries in a green bucket. Just fold your card in half, fold your card in half and drop it in the green bucket. And then right after the bucket passes by, then they're gonna offer you communion. So drop the card in the bucket and then take one single cup. The cup is double stacked with bread on the bottom and juice on top, so drop the card in the bucket, and then grab one cup, and it has everything you need. I'll never be more loved. I'll never be more loved than I am right now. I wasn't holding you up, so there's nothing I could do to let you down. It doesn't take a trophy to make you proud. I'll never be more loved than I am right now. Jaira. You are enough, Jaira. You are enough, and I will be content in every circumstance, Jaira. You are enough, forever enough, always enough, more than enough. Forever enough, always enough, more than enough. I'm going through a storm, but I won't go down. I hear your voice carried in the rhythm of the wind to call me out. You would cross an ocean 
so I wouldn't drown. You've never been closer than you are right now. Cause you are gyro, you are enough. Gyro, you are enough. And I will be content in every circumstance. Cause you are gyro, you are enough. It's forever enough, always enough. Forever enough, always enough, more than enough. I'm already loved, I'm already chosen. I know who I am, I know what you've spoken. I'm already loved, more than I could imagine. That is enough. Chosen, I know who I am, I know what you've spoken. I'm already loved more than I could imagine. you've spoken I'm already loved more than I could imagine and that is enough that is enough that is enough that is It's not just enough to set things down in the kingdom. You have to pick the right things up. See, even Jesus said that, that, that you can have demons that are cast out, and it seems like you're free, but if you don't fill it up with the Spirit of God, then, then they'll come back and bring even more with them. It's not just enough to give our problems to Jesus, we need to ask Him to fill us up with His presence, to be filled with His Spirit. And if you're here today and you have never made a decision to give your life to Christ, know that it's not just enough to ask Him to help you with some of your problems, that you have to ask Him to take care of the root of the problem. And the root of the problem is the sinful heart that we are all born with. And the Bible says that the punishment for sin is death. And there is only one solution 
somebody has to die. In the Old Testament, that death, blood, was shed through the sacrifice of an animal so that a person could be forgiven. You put your sins on the animal and it was sacrificed so that you could be forgiven because the punishment for sin is death. And so a lamb would have its blood shed and it was burned so that the sweet fragrance would would reach the heavenlies and that God would provide the forgiveness that he has promised. But in the New Testament, in the New Testament, there is the perfect lamb, the perfect lamb, the perfect sacrifice, Jesus, who died on the cross, having lived a perfect life that we could never live. And he took the punishment that we deserved so that we can be forgiven. And that's what communion is about. And so if you're here today and you've never received Christ, before we do this, make sure in your heart that you've confessed your sin, that you've recognized how much you need Him. And as you confess, receive His forgiveness. And so, Heavenly Father, we pray your blessing upon these elements as we lay down our worries and as we lay down our very selves on your altar. We cry out to you. Thank you that you have forgiven us as we confess and receive your gift of salvation. Thank you that you are enough and remind us each and every day to walk in you a life that is holy and pure and blameless to become more and more like Jesus every day and so we give thanks and if you separate the two cups on the bottom there's the bread and so that night before Jesus was crucified, he reminded them of his plan of salvation and said to his disciples, this is my body, broken for you. Eat and give thanks. And because there is no forgiveness apart from the shedding of blood, for the punishment for sin is death, Jesus, that night, took the cup and he said, this is my blood poured out for you for the forgiveness of sin. Drink and give thanks. More than you ask, think, or imagine According to his power, working in us It's more than enough More than you ask, think, or imagine 
Jaira, you know what that—that's—that's that's an old Hebrew word. If if you didn't recognize that in the in the song, Jaira means provider. It's one of the names of God, Yahweh. Jaira, Yahweh Yaira. It means the Lord God, our provider. I, I, there's a part of the song that we didn't do, I think, about lilies, and it sounds kind of like the, the Matthew 6, isn't there? Could, would it be possible to do that part? I, I'm telling you, we didn't plan on this. But the, the lilies of the if valley. He dresses the lily oh, yes. with beauty and splendor. How much more will he clothe you? Oh, that's his How promise. How much more will he clothe you if he watches over every sparrow? How much more does he love you? How much oh, yes, more he does. does he love you if he dresses the lilies with beauty and splendor? So much more. How much more? So much 
What I want you to do when you go out into the world this week. I want you to think of this imagery of the cross. That Jesus is bigger. <laughs> Jesus is stronger. <laughs> Jesus is wiser. And when I think the world is coming against me and I'm going down, <laughs> I'm hiding behind the cross. <laughs> because my Jesus has got it. <laughs> Amen, remember this. And so if today you prayed that prayer and maybe you made a decision for Christ today and you wonder, well, what do I do now? I'm glad you asked. What you wanna do is we go ahead and bring the lights up a little in the house is, is, is look at the seat racks and you'll see there's a little blue card if you're here in the room today. And on that blue card, there's a little box that can, can you can check that says, you know, I, I gave my life to Christ or I, I wanna learn about getting baptized. If you're at home right now and you can also, uh, you can even text us and just let us know. 506-406-4400. Do we have that for the screen? Do we have that? I think we do. Let me say it one more time. 506-406-4400. Uh, or you can drop us a line on our website as well. And we want to follow up with you. We want to, 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 to help you take next step in your journey. We want to help get you discipled and learn about his word. We want to help get you plugged into a small group where you can grow together with other believers in Christ. Maybe you have a specific need. Maybe you would like someone to pray with you over one of these worries that you laid at the foot of the cross today. We have a prayer team that would love to pray with you. And so if you go to our website, mw.church slash prayer, right, right on the home page of our website, there's a little prayer link as well. You can go to it that way. And there you can lodge a, put a prayer request in you can set up an appointment there if you'd like to have one of our prayer team members contact with you and pray with you this week in, in whatever way works best for your schedule. We have prayer gatherings throughout the week, especially Tuesday morning. One of my favorite times is every Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. We gather for prayer on Zoom and you're welcome to join that as well. But make sure that you don't just walk away and forget what you laid before him today. Because while you give him your worries, you still need his strength to press through and deal with the problems that cause these worries, right? And so as we go from this place, let's go with our mission in mind. And it is this, everybody at home, help us out too. Let me see it, everybody together. What is our mission? What is our calling? What does is, what is scripture say life is about? It is about this. It is God's love in us to the world. Why? Because love changes everything. Parce que l'amour change tout. Merci d'être venu. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about Moncton Wesleyan, 
we invite you to visit our website at mw.church. We are here to help you with any questions you might have. See you next time.